All right. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Over the Years Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Kelly S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Today is Thursday, September 21st. Today, we are reading from the big book, and we are at page 102. We're starting with the first paragraph that says, Why sit with a long face through two paragraphs ending with, God will keep you unharmed, and comments will be on both paragraphs. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Sarah S., 12 traditions, Robin S., and our readers of the text will be Deborah R., Katie G., and Penny C., The reference numbers or share IDs for Wednesday, yesterday, September 20th, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 10450, and for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 10452. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At a vision for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sarah S. to read the 12 steps. Sarah? Good morning, uh, Kelly. My name is Sarah S., the compulsive overeater. The 12 steps of OA. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12, Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to the compulsive overeaters and practice these these principles in all of our affairs. Thanks for letting me do service, and have a wonderful day. Thank you, Sarah S. And next, I will ask Robin S. to read the 12 Traditions. 
Good morning, Robin. Robin, press star one. Thank you, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. I am Robin S. from Connecticut, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for this opportunity to be of service this morning. Thank you, Robin S. All right, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic of the literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. So today we resume our study of the big book and we are on page 102. We're on the first paragraph that starts, Why Sit with a Long Face, through two paragraphs ending with, God Will Keep You Unharmed. And we will be commenting on both paragraphs. Our first reader today will be Deborah R. Good morning, Good morning everyone. Good morning. Um, welcome, Visionaries. Um, 
Why sit with a long face in places where there is drinking? Sign about the good old days. If it is a happy occasion, try to increase the pleasure of those there. If a business occasion, go and attend to your business enthusiastically. If you are with a person who wants to eat in a bar, by all means go along. Let your friends know that you are not they are not to change their habits on your account. At a proper time and place, explain to your friends why alcohol disagrees with you. If you do this thoroughly, few people will ask you to drink. While you were drinking, you were withdrawing from life little by little. Now you are getting back into the social life of this world. Don't start to withdraw again just because your friends drink liquor. Your job now is to be at the place where you can be of maximum helpfulness to others. So never hesitate to go anywhere if you can be be helpful. You should not hesitate to visit the most sordid spot on earth on such an errand. Keep on the fiery line of life with these motives and God will keep you unharmed. And um, that is very true. When, as I found myself working through the steps, first putting down the food and getting clean and clear about what triggers the phenomenon of craving, um, the food fog lifted and I could then begin to get back into life, working the steps, getting through steps four through nine, and having that spiritual awakening and find that when I went into ice cream shops with my grandkids that the stuff wasn't calling to me. I didn't want it. It was like sawdust and I could be there enthusiastically with them, taking pictures. They were having a good time. And because God has given me this wonderful gift by my cooperation and working through these steps, I was able to take pictures and um, memories and create memories and have a wonderful time. When I go to um, places to eat and there's a variety of food, I stick to the task. I, you know... um, figure out what the restaurant's got that I is within my food plan and will not set up the craving. And I order, order accordingly and then stay in the now moment and be with the people I'm going to be. And as it said, God will keep you on harm. Keep on the firing line of life with these motives and God will keep you on harm. And I do feel that. Um, I certainly didn't feel like that when I was in the food. When I was in the food, my God, it was all I could do is to hope they, you know, not pay attention to how much I really wanted to eat. Um, that battle of not looking too bad, but really wanting more and more and more, just kind of wishing they'd all go away so I could eat what I wanted when I wanted. Um And as it says, your job now is to be at the place where you can be of maximum healthfulness to others. So never hesitate to go anywhere you can be of, can be helpful. And that's what I do. Um, 
whether it's a wedding or an upcoming uh, get-together with my folks, it is my job to be of service. Where can I be of help? In the beginning, I pretty much did dishes a lot of times. That kept me out of out of the food. I mean, I would eat, but when it came time for dessert, I just got myself busy doing dishes. And with that, I passed. Thank you so much, Deborah R. Okay. Everybody take a deep breath, one at a time. Who would like to share on the paragraph? Hey, Larry. 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 Okay, it was kind of jumbly there. Uh, I have Matt M, Larry K, Melissa C, and a bunch of jumbleness. Okay, wait just a second. Wait just a second. Was there a Kathy C? Cat C, yes. Cat C, okay. Vasa O. Tina S. Tina S. Tina S. Stacy. Stacy. Okay, let's stop here. Stacy, I didn't get your initial, your last initial. T. Charles H. Okay. All right, we're stopping there. So here's the lineup. Matt M. Larry K. Melissa C. Barbara E. Cat C. Vasa O. Tina S. I thought I heard you, Tina. Stacy P and Charles H. So if you guys could all press star one, make sure you're muted. We are going to start with Matt M, followed by Larry K. Good morning, Matt. Can you hear me, Kelly? I can hear you. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M, compulsive overeater from New Jersey. You know, my friends, I, I have a lot of friends who I call normies that they all go out at least a couple of times a month and they go to places where like like bars and they go to places where there's like dive food dive bar food served and like I, I I need to be able to be able to go there and not partake because sometimes they offer me food and I I haven't told them yet not to do that because part of my brain is still sick and twisted with this disease and it wants what it wants. But I've told some of my friends already not to offer my food and they respect that. They don't offer me food anymore because I don't have the ability to say no at the moment. I'm still struggling with the food. I mean, um, I'm still in the throes of this disease and uh, looking at this, I know I can go any. I want to be able to go everywhere someday and not have to worry about it. You know. You know, unless people bring sugar into into my program, I shouldn't be I shouldn't be eating that stuff. You know, staying away from it. And I realize that now it's just bringing me closer and closer to my ultimate destruction, and that's why I don't need that stuff. I want to be able to go out, like I said, go out with my friends and enjoy myself without excess food or without food that's off my food plan. And it's something that's my what that's my goal to go out someday. I'm not going to stop going out with my friends just because they go to places where and eat stuff that I don't eat. That'd be wrong because I don't want to be like that person who has to be stuck home all day and every day just stuck in, his, in one little room here and just watching TV or reading books all day. I want to be able to do stuff, too. So I have to understand that, you know, the food is not mine. I'm really starting to look at it as poison now. Someone said, why don't you picture that food with a skull and crossbones on it and a warning to caution, like it's like battery acid or something like that, or like rat poison. I wouldn't drink battery acid and I wouldn't eat rat poison, so why would, they, why would I eat these other things as well? So I'm starting to get that. I'm starting to look in my mind's eye and think of those things as poison because they really are for me. Once I partake of them, uh, I, I, even a little bit, I'm off to the races again. And I'm going through a binge, a binge, remorseful, ever remorseful, never trying, saying I'm never going to do this again to myself. You know, I'm pounding my hand on the bar, saying I'm never going to do this again, and I don't want to be that person anymore. I want to be someone who can get recovered and 
then go out and help others because I am a good person and I want to help others. I want other people to get recovered too. I right now I have to work on myself though and get myself recovered first. And for that, I have to put the food down. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Matt M. And next is Larry K. followed by Melissa C. Thank you. Thanks for the service. Um, am I, can you hear me okay? I can. Thanks, Larry. Okay, thanks, Larry. Appreciate it. Larry K., recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. You know, I'm not, I'm not glum today. Um, I can, it's, it's interesting. I want to draw a contrast because I think back to uh, most of my adult life and also even, even early in program, uh, perhaps for me about the first five years in program, I always stood on ceremony. It was all about the food. Wherever I went, I, wa- I really wanted to know what you ate. I wanted you to know what I was eating, what I was not eating. I stood on ceremony. I don't do that anymore by the grace of God. This, this program changes us. So, you know, prior to that, you know, I was, I was dieting with group support. I mean, that really captures it. I know we hear that a lot, but it, that captures it for me. I, I could diet with the best of them. Perhaps you could as well. And for a time, I could stop, and I, could, I knew the right things to eat. I had lots of synthetic knowledge about the right things to eat, and I knew how to exercise. I knew lots about exercise. I was very athletic growing up. I wasn't a heavy child. But I dieted. I got in this program, and I wanted the food plan. I remember seeing someone who had lost about four or 500 pounds, and he was just this dynamic guy in Chicago, and I, I just – I wanted his food plan, if I could eat the way he ate. And I mention this because it's different today. I can go to places. I don't stand on ceremony. I don't care what you're eating. If you call me up and you want to talk about your food plan, let's talk. That's fine. If you try to eat, if you're unrecovered and you try to eat what I'm eating, you're not going to be able to do it for long. I can assure you of that. You know how I know that? Because I know what it was like for me. And as long as I tried to eat and just get the food plan of someone else, I remained glum. Trust me, I remained glum. I was miserable. So today, when you're recovered and you, you practice this practical program of action and you move through these, these steps sequentially and you take the action, you take out your acts every day and you, and you concentrate on the purpose of this program, it's a spiritual program. This, this, this isn't a diet if you're, if you're, there's easier ways to go diet, man, get a point system or whatever it is, you know, but, but it won't work for, if you're like me, if you have the twofold nature of this illness, if you don't, maybe it will, but I don't have to be gone today. I can go there and be of maximum service to others and to ultimately to my higher power. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Next up is Melissa C. followed by Barbara E. Good morning, Melissa. Hi, good morning, Kelly. Can I be heard? You can. Okay, great. Thank you. Good morning. Um, it's Melissa C. Recovered in New York. And, you know, I I um, I used to sit with a real pouty face um, when I was dieting and going someplace and people were eating um, or abstinent only and going someplace where people were eating. And that's about as isolating as um, when I was in the food and I didn't want to go anywhere and I stayed home with the food. And so, you know, today what's different, um, I, I recognize that that was another form of bondage. I was trading one form of bondage for another and both of which um, 
I was being owned by the food, whether eating it or not eating it. And, you know, so when I go places and I'm offered food, um, I, I, I don't say things like, oh, I can't eat that or I'm trying not to eat that. Um, and, I, and I suggest that to people that I'm working with because those statements, um, they invite other people to convince me. When you say things like, I'm trying not to eat that or I don't eat that, um, you're calling a lot of attention uh, and, and debate to your food. And usually a simple no thank you is really all it takes. The only person that's so focused on the food there is another compulsive overeater. And they will pay attention to um, what I do more than what I say. And I know, like I've also explained very clearly to the people who love me, what it is I'm up against. What this disease is, they've seen it. They've seen the consequences of the disease, and they've seen my recovery, and they notice there's something different. And um, so I tell people, you know, I, I, I don't eat those foods um, because I have a problem with them, and I can't stop. But I don't say it, um, you know, in a grandiose way where it robs other people from enjoying those foods themselves. That's not my, it's not my place. It's not my business. You know, my business is to be of maximum service. So if I go there with a big smile on my face and engage with other people, um, they see that, that I'm free. And then if there's anyone that has any interest in recovering um, who needs this program, they'll ask me at another time. And, and I just want to say that I have found that my family really respects this. Like I went away to my nephew's wedding in Chicago this summer and there were a lot of different events. Um, and one of which was like a pizza, a Friday night pizza fest. And, you know, my brother and my sister-in-law, they had a salad ready for me. Like it was so, and, it, and I thanked them. I really did. I, I, I really thanked them. I said, I really appreciate that you're respecting and, and you know, what I have. Um, and uh, thank you. I, I know that I go there with um, the mind of being useful, and, and then the food isn't so important. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Kelly, can you hear me? Can I be that was heard? Melissa C. Hi, uh, yes, uh, that was Melissa C. It looks like Kelly's off for just a moment, and let's go. I'm not real sure she, who she has in line. Barbara, are you on the line? I am on. I today? am on the let's, line. Yes. Okay, let's okay. grab you up to take you. Then we'll get to Kelly next. Okay, I believe Kelly's our moderator. Uh, yep, I know. Oh, hello, everyone. It's Barbara E. Yes, I'm sorry for being controlling there. Um, for me. This is important because I always remember to honor my past, live in the present, create my future. I remember what it was like in the past, the down and dirty eating, all the behaviors that everyone else has engaged in, perhaps a few less, a few more. I remember what it felt like. I'm grateful for my abstinence and the principles of AA, and I'm grateful that I remember what it was like then, but I live in the present, which is now, in steps 10 and 12. I can go anywhere 
eat with anyone without being angry, without being resentful. I go to a book club every month with 11 other women. We all contribute something from hors d'oeuvres through dessert. I always make sure to contribute a vegetable platter, a lovely vegetable platter that I enjoy. And if there are things there that I can eat, wonderful. If there are things there I can't, I don't begrudge them. I don't feel guilty. But I also want to create my future, which is constantly improving and growing and doing service and being grateful. Gratitude is the common thread through all of these, past, present, and future for me. Now I live instead 10 and 12 as best I can. No, need, no one in my group needs to change their habits. I tell them what I'm about if it's appropriate. I, do no, I no more live in isolation, which I did before in the past. I love working with others. I can go anywhere and trust in God. Someone said yesterday the uh, face-to-face meetings are wonderful, and they are. But I'm sorry, the phone meetings are wonderful, but they are not enough. She said she needed to go to face-to-face meetings too. And that's what I found because I got my step sponsor. I heard about Vision for You. I heard about working um, the book like Our Hairs on Fire, doing all the steps, not skipping at them. And I heard about it at a face-to-face meeting that does not focus on any of the steps, just step one. And these people were coming in and talking things that I'd never even considered before. I did the one, two, three waltz. I no longer do that anymore. I live in steps 10 and 12. I love this meeting. I am addicted to this meeting. But what a good thing to be addicted to. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. I apologize again for being controlling and saying who was in control of our Thank you, Barbara. Thank you. Thank you. All right. This is Kelly. I'm back. Uh, Can't rise above my humanness. Thank you, God. All right. So next up is Cat C, followed by Vasa O. Good morning, Cat. Hi. This is um, Cat C, Cultivo Eater from New York. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Um, Hi, this is my first time sharing. I'm very new to A Vision for You, but I um, wanted to express some gratitude. Uh, I was on the meeting yesterday and listening to people share um, on the the top of this page um, about the problem being um, removed and that they were in a position of neutrality and that they could go anywhere. And ironically, I went to a a group therapy session last night, and the topic was mindfulness. And um, the leaders introduced this activity where everyone was going to place a piece of chocolate in their mouth. And rather than chew it, they were going to be really mindful of it and describe the sensations, the taste, the smells, and let it be there for like as long as they could. And 
I, uh, you know, I was, uh, I knew I wasn't going to do the activity. Um, and then my next consideration was, um, is it my business to be sitting here listening to 10 other people really get into this, you know, um, uh, mindfulness around the chocolate? And um, I decided, um, you know, the choice is to go or stay away, whichever seems best. So I decided to um, leave the the group, but I did it in a really empowered way with intuition, um, inspiration from my higher power. I just said, um, I have um, issues with sugar, and so I'm going to leave the group a little bit early. I thanked everyone and said, you know, said goodnight, and I see them next week, and, um, you know, I was way more comfortable with my leaving than the group leaders were, and I don't think anybody else in the group really cared, um, but I was considering uh, about um, how I could be, ma- how this would be of maximum helpfulness to others, and um, I thought maybe somebody else has an issue with sugar, maybe they, you know, maybe that's um, the usefulness I'll later find about declaring this is who I am. I'm, I don't care to do this. I wish you well. I'm going to leave a little early. And um, so I just wanted to express my gratitude for the group having just talked about this and, um, and that I got to experience myself um, being neutral and choosing to leave and um, being accepting of myself and being powerful enough to to say I was going to opt out. Thanks. Thank you, Kat C. And next up is Vasa O, followed by Tina S. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Kelly, for your service. And I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive Vida from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And I came in the program uh, October 25th, and I'm not going to even mention what year. It doesn't matter. At the beginning of my program, I remember saying to my sponsor, how am I going to do? October 25th, everything was just happening in my family or life around those holidays. It was my daughter's birthday. It was our anniversary. It was um, uh, Halloween. It was Thanksgiving. It was Christmas, Hanukkah, and, and New Year's. I mean, everything. And my other kids' birthdays, not too far after that. And my sponsor said, we do this one day at a time. We don't project. We just stay this, you know, for today. And you ask your higher power to get you from one meal to the next. And I was going through the withdrawals. And I was just, I've said this many times, you know, I was going, I was sugar addict. And I just, and food addict. I wanted my food. I wanted my fix. I wanted my drug. And I did not know food was drug, you know. I did not know I, was, I had the allergy. I learned from her. And then I was going through the withdrawals, and, I, you know, the next day I wanted to eat so bad. And I felt like I was going to throw myself on the floor. Give me my food. Like a child, but I didn't. I kept on praying. Oh, you know, I know so hard for me. Well, pray to God. Yeah, what's God going to do? God is not here, you know. I would say that to myself. But anyways, 
And it, I avoided places to go. And I was abstinent. I avoided places. But there were places I couldn't vo- avoid. It was Christmas. We were going to my mother-in-law's. They had a spread. They Italians. So I ate quickly, whatever, and I went and watched TV with the guys that watched sports, and they smoked, and I didn't care. I was there, and I hated sports at that time. And I would go in the bathroom and lock the door, and I prayed, please, God, don't let me get into the food. It's by the grace of God, you know, working the program, being in the program, working the 12 steps, the the compulsion obsession was lifting, and then I could go. And now I can go any place, anywhere in the world, as long as I have my food. And um, I've gone to cruises, I've gone to Europe, and my job is to how be in service to others today. It's none of my business how other people eat, you know. Maybe they can handle things that I cannot handle. But thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Uh, next up is Tina S., followed by Stacy P. Tina? Thanks, Kelly, for your service. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater Anorexic in Florida. Grateful to be on the line. Some really good stuff I heard this morning. So grateful, you know. And, you know, for myself, by the time I get to this part of the book, you know, hopefully I have done some work and have had a transformation and spiritual awakening. And therefore, I'm not thinking about myself so much anymore, but I could certainly relate to early on in, in recovery, going to places and trying to like hide out someplace so I wouldn't be by the, the food. And today, like others have shared, you know, when I go places, the people that I know today, I have a network of friends, they know what I eat and, uh, and what I'm going to bring, you know, and, and, they, and they make sure that I have stuff that I can eat if I'm only bringing a salad or a vegetable tray. You know, it's just amazing how people are uh, wanting to be of service to me, like I, I, I suit up and be of service to others. What can I bring to the occasion? I love that, you know. And, you know, one of the things that is for, for uh, is in my mind first is, you know, maybe there's somebody there that I am the only big book or the only example of somebody um, being abstinent or sober that they see. And I see people watch me. And on many occasions, the same people, because I have the same friends over the years, and they ask me all the time about this. And, I, and I'm not there to preach, but I am certainly, you know, it is about attraction and not promotion. And, and for me, it's just phenomenal that I'm not so much thinking about myself. You know, and that's the good news today. So how can I be of service? How can I be of maximum helpfulness to others? So I don't hesitate, you know, and uh, and it, this is a gift, you know, and I love that I hear it on the lines. How free do I want to be? Well, I didn't come here to be glum. You know, I, my, my purpose today, and it says on page 133 of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, we are sure God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. And that's the life that I live today, and I continue to do that one day at a time with a power greater than myself and working the 12 steps. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina. Next up is Stacy P., followed by Charles H. Good morning. This is Stacy T., as in Tom. Oh, sorry. That's okay. And I'm calling from Cleveland, Ohio. Good morning, and thank you for your service. And um, there have been lots of proper times and places that I've explained to my uh, family and friends 
why alcohol disagrees with me, my alcoholic foods. And um, I didn't, it wasn't a one-time experience for me. Um, I didn't feel heard. Um, What was happening was as physical recovery as a result of working these steps and being on the phone and having um, big book guides is that people, um, even though I explained it, there was a disconnect about understanding that since um, I looked physically different, why couldn't I handle just a little bit now? And so it has been a slower journey for me um, to continue with uh, grace and kindness and generosity to explain um, why my alcoholic foods disagree with me. And I had the experience last night at a family um, meal that I brought what I needed to bring. And for the first time that I can truly remember, um, no one, there was no one at that table, friends or family members, primarily family, that asked me uh, if I wanted you know, one of my alcoholic foods. Um, No one. And so I felt um, heard that the message really had become clear, that there was nothing I needed to say. As somebody else pointed out, um, when one of the, when these roasted potatoes were passed, I just said, no, thank you. It, It was just, it really was easy. And um, again, with dessert, I brought what I needed. I had neutrality around what was being served. Um, and I am not recovered yet. And I'm so excited to see um, how um, this is being manifested in my life now. And um, that there, I explain the deadly nature of this disease for me. And um, I also very quickly am in a profession where I do have people asking where, what I'm eating and how and et cetera. And I do explain a little bit, but mostly what I explain is where the solution is in, in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and um, guide them from there if they're so interested. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Stacy. Next up is Charles H. Good morning, Charles. Thank you, Kelly, for your service. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. Keep on the firing line of life with these motives, and God will keep you unharmed. What motives? The motives, hopefully pure. Um, nothing's pure for me, but um, remember, love, it, love and tolerance is our code. So, you know, to to, to not go to certain places, um, you know, that that I could be of of, of maximum service and, and without turning my nose up to, oh, you eating that child? Why you eat? You know what I mean? Like, that's not loving, and that's not patient, and that's not kind. You know, some people just want you to be there because they just, you know, you, they family and, and stuff like that. And also, one thing I heard at the convention is if we're always thinking of ourselves most of the time, we will be back in the food. You know, like when I do that 11th step, that nightly review, 
And there's days that I, I, I mostly think about myself. Thank God I didn't go back to the food. But that just hit me between the eyes. Like, I need to show up for people. Like, I need to go back home and rub my wife's feet. I need to stay home and not go to some meetings um, because, you know, I'm always going away. She says, OA is my lover. I'm cheating on her with OA. I said, yeah, baby, and we make good love together. But, you know, coming back home, I got to create that fellowship in the house with my family. You know what I'm saying? So if they want to go to, you know, Carvel's, I'll go with you. I, and I don't turn my nose up anymore because that's not too spiritual. Um, so, yeah, stay, stay on the firing line of your program. And you can take your program with you um, to some of the sordid places that, you know, compulsive overeaters in our minds may think it's sordid because of the activities going on. But I could see what I could bring to the table and not what I could eat off the table. <laughs> and with that, I pass. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Charles. Okay. This is Kelly S., um, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. In Oklahoma, I'm just going to take a quick minute to share. I wanted to share on the same line that um, Charles just shared on about um, keep on the firing line of life with these motives and God will keep you unharmed. Because that's the part that was mostly, I seem to be missing. You know, I would take my food plan with me. I took my scales with me, which I do. But that was all I was taking with me because it was about the food, as a lot of people had shared previously. And then when I you know, started listening to Vision for You and finding the solution, which was the big book and my higher power, you know, and realizing that um, I had to work the steps. I had to put the food down. That's the priority. You know, I had to get out of my alcoholic foods and my alcoholic behaviors. Um, but that's not the solution, you know. The solution's my higher power. So if I don't remember, to keep on the firing line of life. What is that for me? It's working the steps, you know, and doing this deal everywhere I go. And, you know, to me, you know, we hear this all the time on this meeting. It's about, you know, not only am I abstinent today, I haven't binge and purge. I've been maintaining a normal body weight. I've been doing all this now for over two and a half years, which is a freaking miracle in itself. Um, I've never done that in 34 years of being around. Um, as I've heard before, I'm doing that happily. You know, I have neutrality to food. That I, I don't, not only am I not compulsively overeating, binging, purging, whatever, I don't want to. That's the true gift. That's what I want people to see. You know, I want people to see that because, you know, all of us have been around, well, okay, I have, have lost my 100 pounds over and over, you know, done it white knuckling. And there's a lot of people out there in the world who have lost weight and not kept it off. I mean, there's a small percentage of people who've lost over 100 pounds who keep it off. You know, most people see us as just dieting, dieting, dieting. I want to show people that there's a way to live life with neutrality of food, and you can do this day in and day out and be happy about it and not feel like you're missing out and that that's not life, what life is about. To me, that's what being of service is about too. You know, it's like showing people, showing my family, being there, not having to miss out because, oh, poor me, I'm on a diet, you know. And what's really cool is I do weigh and measure. I weigh and measure at restaurants. And, you know, it's really been funny. When I first started, I was insecure about that. But, you know, that's what I had to do for me. And it's really crazy because a lot of normie people will even go, oh, wow, I need to do that. You know, and I just tell people my stopper's broke, you know, and I just kind of laugh about it and people laugh too. And I've never had any problems. So, you know, today I'm showing people that with my higher power, and that's what I have to remember every time, with my higher power, God's not doing it, you know, to me. He's not doing it 
for me. God's doing it with and through me. And that is huge and key, and I have to keep working my steps today. Grateful, grateful, grateful for this neutrality. All right, so we have a few minutes. And just a reminder, we're on page 102, first paragraph, why sit with a long face through two paragraphs ending with God will keep you unharmed. Who wants to share? Scottsdale, Arizona. 
Um, thank you so much for your service, Kelly, and for everyone on the line today. Um, I, the shares were amazing today, and I really reflect on what everyone had to say. And what I think about um, in terms of neutrality around the food, I was just thinking really the word for me that comes up ultimately is relief. Um, I used to go to parties or go to work when there was a potluck and just think about what am I going to eat or how am I not going to eat or how much or how much I won't eat. And I wouldn't think about anything about the party or the people. And it really ultimately made me pretty selfish and self-involved. And um, I, I think that my life is bigger and I am a more sharing and good person on the outside and on the inside because I'm not focused on what is on the food table. And um, the way that I carry that message, I think, um, really seems to me most w um, when I'm at work, um, because I don't say anything to people at work unless they ask me, but they notice because I work in a hospital where people bring cookies and candies and donuts all the time, uh, and I sit right next to the table where all of it is in our workroom together, and people say, oh, Vanessa's not going to eat that, Vanessa's not going to eat that, or don't, don't give her that. And, you know, I say, well, you know, I hope you all really enjoy it. You know, it's just not for me. I, it just doesn't agree with me. And if anyone wants to ask me, and one time somebody did, I give them the brief version, and I would be happy to share more. But I really just sort of trudge the road quietly and hope that one day somebody I work with and the people who say they're addicted to sugar will ask me more. And until then, I just am so grateful for the relief day to day that I don't have to be obsessed with the cookies and the cakes and the things that really made me crazy before. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much for all of you being on the line today. Thank you, Vanessa G. Next up is Roz R. followed by Harlan G. Good morning. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you. This is Roz R. from Florida Recovered. Um, this is this reading is so great. Um, let me set my timer. Um, okay. Um, th there's so many things that popped out. Uh, one of the biggest things is, you know, while we were drinking, we were withdrawing from life. Uh, I, I did what I heard so many people share already. I was, I was abstinent. And when I would be abstinent, um, I still couldn't go anywhere because I was afraid. I was afraid that I would be tempted or that I would want to eat or, or I was, if I wasn't abstinent, of course I, I wasn't available anyway, but it was always about the food. It was always about, I, I was worried about not eating it or I was worried about eating it. And, and if I was clean and, and sober and went someplace with other people, um, I would always be on my diet when I would be with them, but I couldn't focus on them. I was focusing on what they were eating and when I could leave it. I mean, it was always about the food and it was always about me. The biggest thing that has happened to me at a proper time and place, we will try to explain to our friends why alcohol disagrees with us. Um, I had so much opportunity recently with the, the two intense long visits with both my daughters. They've always known I've had a food problem, an eating disorder or whatever, and they've seen me going to meetings, but I never talked about it. I was ashamed. Um, this time, not only was I recovered when I was with them both, but I was, I, was, I was like recovered and loving it, as I hear other people say. And I wasn't obsessed with not eating because I'm, it's not on my plan. I was, I was obsessed with, you know, being part of my family and how much service can I be? And they've never seen me like this. Of all the years, I've been abstinent in different ways. Um, it was just, it was such a free feeling. It was like 
I could eat in front of people and I didn't go sneaking when people weren't around so I could get my fix so I could be functioning when, when people were around. Um, but I shared with him about the intensity of this disease and the seriousness. And we actually talked about it. And I actually um, was able to feel like authentic for the first time in my life with my family. And this, this way of doing the steps is, you know, I never did them this way. I never had someone walk me through. I've never been able to walk anyone else through. I never got the relief that I have today. And, and I've never been a person who wanted to help other people. I would do it but I didn't do it happily. And now, I mean, I take calls. If I'm not busy, I take your call. If I'm not busy, I take your 10th step. You know, um, I am there for you because you know what? Fellows were there for me when I was in the throes of this disease. People on this, in the, on this line took my calls and listened to me cry and listened to me, you know, and be in such a mess. And no one ever said, get a grip or, you know, call me when you're abstinent. People were there loving, and I am now able, with all my heart, to be there for other people. And I'm so grateful because this is not the Roz that I was. <laughs> and, Time. Um, um, thank you. Um, with that, I pass. Thank you very much. Thank you, Roz. Next up is Harlan G., uh, <laughs> followed by Amy G. Harlan, press star one. Harlan? Okay, sorry about that. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you for your service, and thank you to Team Thursday for making this magnificent meeting possible. I'm Harlan G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, I want to tell a story this morning, not of my service, but of the service of this fantastic fellowship. A number of years ago, I was going to do a big book study, a big book weekend, as I've done in many locations in this country, in Canada, in Mobile, Alabama. And I left the house at about 5.45 a.m., and I was to fly to Houston, Texas. And from Houston, Texas, I was to fly on to Mobile, Alabama. Well, a funny thing happened on the way to Houston. They experienced a very serious electrical storm and I sat in the Houston airport from about 11 a.m. until about 2 a.m. the next morning. Who showed up for me? Who was of maximum helpfulness to others? Calling back to page 77, our real purpose is to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. That's pure Oxford group, that maximum service, maximum helpfulness. That's an Oxford group expression, maximum. Who showed up for me? OA. Who kept me on the phone? Who talked to me for 14, 15 hours as I sat in the Houston airport? I was scared. I didn't know what the heck was going to go on. How was I going to do a big book study? They started the big book study by listening to a podcast of mine on the doctor's opinion and my story. And I didn't get there till the next day, obviously. But who showed up for me? You did. Who talked to me? You did. Who stayed up with me? You did. And to that end, I thank God for this fellowship every single day. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Harlan. And unfortunately, we're out of time. So, Amy G., maybe you can hang on for the um, second hour. Okay. 
So let's see. Um, I want to thank everyone who shared. So I will now ask, wait a minute, where am I? Okay, thanks everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Thursday, September 21st, is 10460. Okay, we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Katie G. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hello, Kelly. Thank you for your service. Good morning, my friends. Katie G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic and Bulimic. A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirits, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.